Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is fair and balanced, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? Well, I report, and you decide. Oh, yeah, bringing them all back, baby. We're getting the band back together. Tweet us, at Roman Circus Pod. Hey, Zach, how's at Roman Circus News looking these days? Yeah, so um, it's pretty obvious that I'm not keeping up with the the news Twitter like I was. It, it was a pretty fun thing there for a while. Um, so I've got a much better suggestion for okay. our uh, our friends. Um, everyone listening, our good friends at the Catholic Herald, if you remember our episode where we had um, Michael Davis on, they, they want to take over and keep you informed. Uh, they do a much better job than I did. Um, and so they've offered a discount code so you can get 15% off all of their subscription options, which includes, um, you know, print only or online only or a combination of print and online. And, um, you know, I, I think there's one where, where Damian Thompson hand delivers the paper to your door. Um, <laughs> Sign me up kidding. for that one. Yeah, but the the discount code, okay, ready for this? It's, it's, it's letters and numbers, okay? So I'm going to say it once and then we'll we'll tweet it okay so w eight k l e m so that code again is w eight k l e m and we're gonna tweet that too um so yeah uh hop on out there and uh go to catholicherald.co.uk and and subscribe using code w eight i lost the page um (laughs) w eight k L-E-M. Oh, that was good. That was a great ad read, Zach. I'm at, hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z-A-C Mabry. You can email us, podcast at romancircusblog.com. Find us on iTunes, rate and review us if you want. You can also find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. All right, Zach, I went to the Hollywood Improv last night and with Father Tim and saw Jeremy McClellan do some stand-up. It was uh, it was pretty great. Jeremy's hilarious. Yeah, if he's if he's in your town, you got to go check him out because it's, I mean, it's just really funny stuff and it's it's good clean comedy and it, but there's an edge to it. There's a little bite to it, which is fun. Um, and he's just very gracious with everyone. He was just the line of people waiting to say hello and take pictures. He was just waiting, stuck around and made sure everyone was taken care of. It was great to see. Jeremy's jokes are funny, but I don't want to repeat them because, you know, you got to go to the tour. So when this tour is over, we should uh, we can recap our favorite <laughs> jokes from Jeremy's show. But yeah. for now, buy a ticket. Our, fl- our favorite McClellan's-isms. But, yes, yeah, so many great. good McClellan's-isms. So, so, so many goods of those. All right, it's Advent. We're just uh, plugging along. We're into the first week. Everything's looking good. Uh, we've we've lost one of our presidents. He went down in a, a blaze of glory at I don't know ninety four years old. Is that how old George W. Bush H. W. Bush was? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, he was old. Yeah. Not not a young man. Not not a young fella. That's that's kind of dominated the news. What else we got going on in the news, Zachary? Well, as kind of a satellite story to the George H.W. Bush death story. Um, Ross Dalvitt 
mm-hmm. fellow Catholic convert and um, opinion columnist for the New York Times, the failing right. New York Times, um, wrote a piece basically just kind of talking about the nostalgia that people have for George H.W. Bush and then just kind of the WASP elite in general mm-hmm. that, you know, were sort of dominant in America. Right. Um, for, you know, ever. For ever. Yeah. And people are just freaking out about the piece mm-hmm. that he wrote. Yeah, I read it right before right before we went on air, like professionals. Um, I have stated many times on this podcast that I am a Rouse, a Rouse, Ross Douthat fan. He wrote one of my favorite books I've read over the past few years, Bad Religion. Um, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, okay, so reading this article and seeing people kind of freak out about the idea of like the, the overall, what they think the message was of like America needs to return to this waspy elitism. I, I got the sense that he was doing more of an analysis instead of like a uh, recommendation. Like I don't think he necessarily wanted what he was saying. I think he just was, kind of analyzing what he saw and the feelings of everyone. Because you see this, they always talk about like, oh, we used to live in such a glorious political time where everyone was holding hands and there was no, there was no uh, anger and everyone, everyone was just like uh, going out to lunch and then they would have friendly debates and then come up with some sort of new law, which, you know, never happened. But we all, we have this idealized time in our heads and it basically was the waspy rain time. Yeah, which is funny just if you think about, I mean, not funny, but, you know, George H.W. Bush was, um, you know, he started the current streak of our presidents having not been shot. So, you know, he was like the the bulletin board of, you know, presidents or, you know, terms of office since presidential assassination attempts, like the first count was him. So, I mean, obviously, yeah. And I mean, you know, there were there were definitely bad things about the past. That's the thing about nostalgia is like you, you just remember some of the things like the good stuff. Well, that's even Um, what he says in the opinion in the piece is like, you, you just kind of pretend like none of the bad stuff happened. You only remember the good times and sure there were a bunch of bad things, but if we've created this narrative in our head of, it was such a, a peaceful political time, then we on some level will want to go back to that. Right. And it's like, you know, I mean, he points out that the kind of beginning of their decline was um, Vietnam. That was when like that particular group, um, sort of the waspy elites kind of started trickling off. And, you know, I mean, as Catholics, obviously, you know, we're not we're not really part of the wasp paradigm. Sure. But um, because they were the elite, like Catholics and Jews, you know, acted like wasps and um mm-hmm. You know, so that's interesting. But then the other point he makes is that, you know, at that point, there was a ruling class who everybody viewed as legitimate. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, there aren't people like that now, you know, like there is nobody that is, you know, a prominent national figure that isn't, you know, despised by about half the country. Sure. You know, like, I mean, look at any of them. I mean, you think about you know, I mean, really prominent people, and they're all very controversial. I mean, the, you know, President Obama, you know, he he was president for eight years, 
and um, relatively scandal-free president, you know, if, if we're being honest. And, uh, you know, obviously people, there were people that just absolutely loved him and then people that absolutely hate him. And then, you know, Trump, obviously, you know, you heard of that guy. Uh, you seen this guy? Yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, there's a lot of people's heroes are, you know, half the country's heroes are the other half's, you know, supervillains. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously George H.W. Bush couldn't even pull off a second term. So he wasn't, you know, just wildly popular. But, you know, people did respect him um, to an extent. And, you know, they, they just sort of, you know, he was George H.W. Bush, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and there's... And it's funny because... Well, go ahead. Yeah, you can say there's... But there's something... Even if you don't like it and you think that there's some very big flaws in the system of having these the wasp elites it there is a comfort in the consistency right so it's if people wake up and they know the sun is going to rise and they know that basically these people are going to be in charge they may not like it but at least on some level i think they probably get some internal comfort that uh there's not going to be a giant shake-up right so it, it, it right and again it's not it's not excusing like that's the main thing is it's not this isn't excusing any of the the flaws or uh the masonry as ross douthat said which i liked but but again it's just the understanding of kind of what we are as humans and what we come to expect so if we know that that this type of person is going to be there and we may dis we may not like it but we but we at least are not going to get something shoved in our face that we don't expect. And also, right. one of the things I I like that he he talked about that the this ruling class, as soon as they lost the universities, was also kind of their political downfall too, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that the piece is interesting, and it does sort of retell kind of the collapse of the WASP paradigm. And right. I mean, you know, you have to realize that like. You know, I mean, Brazil was settled by Portuguese Catholics. Canada was settled by French Catholics. Um, You know, America, if you will, was settled by British Protestants and Mm -hmm. and Dutch. Um, You know, Spain was settled. I mean, you know, each of these groups that settled different parts of the New World had, um, you know, had their own sort of path that they charted similar to where they came from obviously mm-hmm. but you know unique to the new world and you know gradually developed kind of their own um, culture and and traditions and so i mean you know the when they talk about wasp i mean they're, they're basically talking about you know the people who started america you know 400 years ago right it's, and so it's like our um even though we don't have a monarchy or we don't have a in a, a you know, an official elite ruling class, like because they came and they took this land over essentially that they became de facto ruling class. Right. And, you know, I mean, as Catholics, obviously we want the whole world to be Catholic and, you know, um, all of that. But, you know, that's always, if you look at how we converted the Roman empire, um, and honestly, even the behavior of the very first generation of, of Christians who, um, had been Jewish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always done with a, a respect for kind of the dignity of your your forefathers, um, but you know, obviously, in a baptized way. Um, so I mean, you know, they didn't celebrate the paganism of ancient Rome, but they didn't, you know, just abolish every mention of you know 
ancient Rome. And, and, Mm. you know, the first generation of, of the church, they were allowed to continue practicing, you know, Jewish practices like, um, like their fathers because of respect for their fathers. And then, you know, the next generation, they had to cut that out. Um, but you know, they were still able to do a lot of the, the, the Jewish rituals that were in place, um, you know, the time of Christ. Um, so, you know, the, the church always encourages that. So, you know, as far as like the waspy American past, like, you know, as Catholics, that's not our heritage, so to speak. Right. But, you know, we, we're not supposed to like hate it. You know, we're supposed to, to take what's good from it and carry it forward. Well, it, um, I mean, it just, it, something that is right. It's something that you can, that you can learn from what needs to be learned it, but it's just, it's it is a thing right and it you we have to proceed accordingly like it, it you know it's just i don't know what i i don't honestly i i don't tend to think of the past presidents a whole lot like i don't think this is a thing that doubt that writes about that i don't think about right i i know that i know the the evils that were committed and the atrocities but as far as like you have to be looking towards the future, right? To make sure that certain things don't happen again or certain things are put into place with a watchful eye on what had happened. But so I would never, I would never think to write something like this because it's just not in the front of my mind. Well, and the other thing is like, you kind of look at history. So um, everybody, and it came up, I think right around um, when, president trump was being inaugurated remembers this you know handwritten letter that president hw bush right wrote to president clinton mm-hmm. um you know when they kind of switched over and you know they, you kind of talk about george hw bush being kind of the end of this respectable elite that yeah like there was a lot of shady stuff and you know it was kind of the beginning of us being in you know more wars than we can even count all sure. at once but, you know, they, they carried themselves respectfully. And then kind of here comes Bill Clinton, this like Blue. kind of horn dog, Jimmy Swagger, you know, hillbilly. Right. And, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden there's just a parade of women coming, accusing him of, of harassment and mm-hmm. assault in certain cases. And, you know, I mean, his very first TV spot. Him and his wife, kind of like the you know, hello America, where the Clintons was denying an affair that he later had to admit that he had. And I mean, I think that there were policies that he put in that were good. And you know, a lot of people remember the '90s fondly, and he was the president of the '90s. But mm-hmm. um, it definitely a change in like how we viewed presidents. Um, and you know, I mean, obviously the attempts to impeach him were kind of the beginning of of just outright hostility towards you know the other party's president absolutely um, and what's funny is when he handed over the white house to uh to george w bush um the white the, the, his staff like trashed the place i mean they spray painted obscenities on the wall it did thousands of dollars of damage they, they took that's all the I, w's out of the off the keyboards right and i mean that's funny mm-hmm. um but like the uh the 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 funny like anecdote to the story of George H.W. Bush's, um, you know, handoff with the, the handwritten note and it was all charming is the fact that, uh, the opposite happened when the Clintons left the white house and and the Bushes were moving back in. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the the government accountability office had to do an investigation um and it was like fifteen thousand dollars worth of of property damage that the the clinton white house staff did on their way out i mean stuff they couldn't even report on tv what was um you know spray painted on the wall right and so you know it just things definitely change and then obviously i mean you know now you know like or dislike trump obviously there are a lot of things that he said and done that were not ways that people behaved publicly you know if they held high office mm-hmm. or or just or even just you know worked a day job um Wait, so, well, even the, the waspy shine was taken off of george w bush right no one, i don't i don't know if he was looked at in the same way that his that well he does of, that fake southern accent i know it's great isn't it <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're when your family is from the Northeast. I mean, you can you can go ahead and talk like your people, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I mean, I think that I don't know. I, the the Obamas were extremely like. I mean, they didn't have any scandals. You know, if you think about, they were actually as much as you know. I don't like most of President Obama's policies as far as like families that have occupied the White House in the last few years. Like, they were very. Oh. Um, respectable yeah. i mean you yeah. know they were like the, they're, they're basically the waspiest thing we've had since george hw bush no that is true you like they just how like their daughters always i mean they their daughters had a few things but like their daughters seemed like lovely gals and they really cared about their family and they always made sure that family was their family was looked at as the model family right so they had a they yeah. had a sense of um appearance and they had a sense of I guess duty in in that form, a duty to family and a duty to how you appear in public with the family. Yeah, one you have to think like the Republicans after they took the the House and the Senate in 1994, they were out for blood with Bill Clinton. Sure, um, and they had the Clintons under constant investigation um, for you know actual scandals. I mean, the Clintons, it's like they can't help themselves, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, if you think about how think about how much more people were so like fervently opposed to Obama, and he was never brought under investigation. I mean, there were never scandals, and that that you kind of have to point to him and say he didn't cause any scandals. Like he didn't give them anything to, because I mean, I'm sure they would have loved to, you know, hamstring him with investigations the way that they have with Clinton and then now Trump. Um, But you know, the Obamas. I mean, they just didn't give you any scandals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really they're, they're probably, and you know, a lot of people are pretty nostalgic for, for those years. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So there was one quote from the article that I do want to just go ahead and block quote it into the podcast. Cause I, it's why I think the article's good. Everybody's freaking out saying that, you know, Dalvid is, you know, racist and all this stuff. And I mean, if he's racist, I don't think it comes through in this piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but so at the end of the article, sorry, I was Googling the dollar value of the property damaged under the White House and realized nice. I lost my quote that I had pulled up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Well, he does point out that Mitt Romney and Barack Obama are kind of the two throwbacks to the WASPy thing. And I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, even though both of them just drive me insane. <laughs> um, okay. So he quotes, um, Helen Andrews from the Hedgehog Review right. talking about 
meritocracy. Meritocracy, this idea of everybody kind of earns their, um, you know, eliteness. Like, think meritocracy, you have to think like, you know, I don't know. Um, like a like a frat house? Who's somebody? Like a, yeah, moving, or, up, moving up through the ranks of something? Mark Cuban. You know, you'd think people like Mark Cuban, like, no social prowess, like, not very bright, just, but, you know, they've, they've like struck it rich. And so they're, they're the big deal. I don't know. I, you know? I would, I would say that Cuban on some, and some level in some arena is bright, right? Or do you think he's just, a- I mean, he got rich, uh, he got rich off of internet radio that he sold at a really high price to like Yahoo. Okay. I mean, that was smart, but like, we're not all listening to internet radio. Gotcha. I don't know. I have like a completely unexplained, just beef about i just i don't know i just don't really like mark cuban so i always look for ways to take jabs at him like, anyway like you on back Musk. to yeah like to me that they're, they're kind of in the same like realm of you know about as smart as a kardashian and and yet at least the kardashians kind of get that they're you know like they at least know their their role <laughs> fair enough um anyway okay helen andrews 2016 hedgehog review the meritocracy is hardening into an aristocracy. So let it. Every society in history has had an elite. And what is an aristocracy but an elite that has put some care into making itself presentable? Allow the social forces that created this aristocracy to continue their work and embrace the label. Mm -hmm. By all means, this caste should admit as many worthy newcomers as is compatible with their sense of continuity. New brains, like new money, have been necessary to every ruling class, meritocratic or not. If ethnic balance is important to meritocracy, anyway, they should engineer it into the system. If geographic diversity strikes them as important, they should ensure that it exists, ideally while keeping an eye on the danger of hovering up all the native talent from regional America, which we should talk about but they should give up any illusion that such tinkering will make them representative of the country over which they preside they are separate parochial in their values unique in their responsibilities that is what makes them aristocratic okay break it down i I think that so i think that's spot on and this is something that i've always kind of said and i've like learned more about it like i used to say even back to high school like when politicians are like running for president and like, I'm just like you. I'm like, Nope, Mm -hmm. because you're running for president. And I mean, I would rather be murdered, um, (laughs) than, than be president. Um, like basically it's natural and organic and it's expected that there's going to be elites in a society that have the responsibility of kind of, you know, governing it. I mean, look at Downton Abbey, you know? Right. They, they, in the past, they knew that they had to do everything the same and they had to give some sort of stability to the people because the people looked to them for comfort. Right. right. I mean, and they even know, I mean it's not like they made the up. Sorry, what? Well, no, like even when, I mean, Edith, mm-hmm. even when Edith got married, you know, all the people were smiling and cheering. I mean, for Edith. <laughs> um, yeah, right. You know, but so in the past, people just recognize that this is just a fact of of existence, that Mm -hmm. like there's going to be an elite class. And 
you know, there was this understanding that you had a responsibility to everybody else. Sure. Um, you know, now we pretend that we don't have an elite class or that, you know, you, everybody makes it where they are because they earned it, which is goofy. I mean, it, it you know, I'm not, it, it's goofy to think that that's the case. Um, that like, you know, these people are representative of the people. They, you know, they're, they're not a separate kind of ruling elite. Basically they deny like the objective reality that yes, they're, they're a ruling elite. And by doing that, they kind of sidestep all the responsibilities mm-hmm. to, you know, the people, the people looking, essentially looking up to them. Um, and, you know, what that, the thing is, is that they're not setting a good moral example for people. And the thing about morality is that, like, making bad choices is really costly um, if you're poor. Like, sure, rich people can afford to get divorced. They can afford to you know, become, you know, addicted to heroin and get off heroin. They can afford all these things. You know, a poor person, a divorce could knock people into poverty. Right. You know, a, you know, a lot of the vices that you see like celebrities and kind of the people we look to engaging in mm-hmm. are things they can only do because they have the means, the the wealth and everything to support that. When people, you know, further down the food chain follow that example, you know, I think divorce is a really good example here. It, you know, it, it bankrupts them. Absolutely. And, you know, the best thing that you can do to help people who are, you know, if, you know, if you're like the, the ruling class or, you know, you're, you know, a a celebrity, even the best thing you can do for the people who look to you as fans is set a good example because they don't have the means that you have. So they can't afford to make the bad choices that you can afford to make. So, you know, show them what to strive for. And, you know, that's that's something that you have when an elite class recognizes that it's an elite class. And it, you can't have a society without, you know, I mean, everyone jokes, there's the rulers and the ruled. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's true. I mean, somebody has to to do it. And I think pretending that we don't have something like that is much more harmful um, whereas, you know, in the past it was just kind of understood, you know, these are the, you know, this is the family and, you know, Lord Grantham or whatever. Um, right. you know, and I mean, not, we're not going to have perfection in this life. And I'm not saying we have nostalgia for, you know, the British aristocracy or something, but, um, I, I guess I'm nostalgic for people being realistic about the existence of, you know, an elite class in society, um, because it, it, we have one whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Well, yeah, and it helps that, like you said, that they've become a model of something to look to. Like you you said, that you don't agree with President Obama, the stuff he did in office, but at least we can all look to it and be like, well, there, there was a, that was a family man, and that was a man who knew how to conduct himself in public. Or same with George W. Bush, right? To an extent, his family seemed like a good family, and they – so we – it's – things like that that can really even though they even though they did not bring people together but it's those things that are what can begin to bring people together instead of just this constant like uh this constant fight over policy and over all this sort of thing that has no chance of even bringing anybody together but if there's a model if there's if there's lady mary walking around downton and walking around the town 
and everybody's just like, oh, that's Lady Mary, and look at how elegant, and look at how graceful it, she is. If she is presenting all that, meanwhile, she's running away with a guy to another town, and she's doing whatever she's doing while they're trying to sweep it under the rug, but at least if it's out in public and there's just something that an elegance or a class that you can look up to, it just gives everyone hope, and it is a better chance of bringing people together. I don't know. I feel like I, rep- right. I repeated myself a lot there, but the point remains the same. Well, you got to drive the point home, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's the one thing that I, I think is a problem with, you know, liberalism. And when I say liberalism, I'm not talking about, you know, the Democratic Party or Hollywood or MSNBC News. I'm, you know, I'm talking about, you know, classical liberalism that came into existence in the 18th century with America and the French Revolution and all that stuff is an inability to admit, you know, realities about human society, mm-hmm. because you you, know, you have this this concept of egalitarianism, which which doesn't jive with nature, and so it, it has to be artificially enforced by some kind of mechanism, and you know, I mean, it, before you could just acknowledge, you know, there was hierarchy in society, and 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 you know. It didn't mean that one class owns the other class or the other class, you know, the fruits of their labor belong to the the class above them. It just means that, you know, it takes all takes all kinds to run a society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people naturally kind of gravitate into basically three classes. You know, you have the clergy, um, you know, people called the holy orders. Uh, you have, you know, what you'd call the, the ruling class or, you know, aristocracy. Basically, these are your the people who are in government and um, and primarily the people who are tasked with um, protecting the state, like your military people. And then you kind of have the vast, vast, vast majority of the rest of us who, you know, work and, um, you know, you know, the working class has always been like the 97% um, group. Or, well, you know, I mean, I guess the clergy were, were big. But, uh, you know, people just naturally kind of gravitate to those realms Mm -hmm. um and you know you could move from class i mean obviously anybody called the holy orders is going to move to a different class and then um you know somebody in the working class who becomes like a heroic knight or you know does something makes some big sacrifice would you know would have moved into the the kind of nobility class um or or say you're a say you're a driver and you happen upon a lovely youngest child of a well-off family and you uh and you marry into this house and you become the basically controller of the estate after your incompetent father-in-law bungles all the money away um yeah you can take the the tom branson route right and uh you know marry well off and then test well with audiences so they just keep your character around after they (laughs) kill off your your on-screen spouse um But, I mean, realistically, I mean, if you just think about the fact that as much as we run away from the idea of, like, a, a hierarchical society or, you know, there being social classes, I mean, the basic pattern still holds. I mean, the vast, vast, vast majority of us are working class. And, you know, there's then there's a class of people that run the state and protect the state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we have clergy. I mean, it, it's just when we try to ignore that, what it ultimately does is it kind of tells the ruling class, well, they don't have any responsibilities for, um, you know, the working class. And, 
you start to get ideas like, you know, the working class exists to support the ruling class. And I mean, that's where, you know, the whole system breaks down. But a lot of that, I think, is part of liberalism's attempt to deny that that exists and just have, you know, radical egalitarianism. Right. And, you know, and I think it also leads to the tendency um, that you see, you know, after the Enlightenment and, you know, as liberalism is spreading of essentially dehumanizing people because you have to say that everybody's, you know, perfectly equal, but then you still need people to do the jobs that you don't want to do. And so you have to like, you know, exempt that group from being human so that you can justify, you know, putting all those burdens on them. Sure. You know? Right. So, I mean, again, it, it all comes, it all kind of flows out of trying to deny the reality that, you know, there, it takes all different kinds of people to run a society and, and people naturally kind of gravitate into certain circles and groups. Um, and, you know, everybody should be taken care of and provided for and, and, you know, shown justice and charity within that system. Um, and well, I, you and know, that, I think you lose that. That kind of comes from, well, like it, look at like St. Louis, right? St. Louis, like the, he felt, uh, the 14th, he felt like a basic like need to protect his people. And he felt like a need to defend his, his land and his, his country. Right. So you get, you can have these people that break through and recognize the value of everybody that they're uh, supposed to protect or supposed to be a model for. So it, it, I mean, it just cause, just cause they're an elite class doesn't necessarily mean that they'll always be turning up their nose at, at what's going on underneath them. I mean, obviously you can have that and you can have bad Kings and you can have bad ruling classes, but there's, there are people that cut through. Right. No, exactly. Thanks. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I just stopped you dead in your tracks. Um, yeah, no, I looked up at the skull that I keep on my desk mm-hmm. as my memento mori, and then it has really weird teeth, and then all of a sudden you were like, you ended your sentence, and I was like, oh no, say something. Great. I'm not going like, to cut this part, by the way. I wanted to be like, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. You went there? Um, yeah, but it's... Hey, go off, King. I, th- thank you. I, but it also, I felt the article was kind of a... It was kind of a challenge, too. To And maybe I'm completely wrong. You can tell me. But uh, it was kind of a challenge to people to be like, no, this is actually what you want. Like, you're acting this way. And you're acting... If this is not what you want, then your actions and your and your, all your memories are not, that's not what they're expressing. So, if, you know, wake up and you can change this if you want. And it has been changed, obviously, but the way, like, that, I don't know, that's what I kind of felt was not necessarily, like I said before, him, him wanting this to come back more is like, a, well, you all, you all seem like you do prove me wrong. Right. I mean, it's like, guys, we're there's we're not pretending. I mean, the wasps gave us, you know, Miracle Whip, <laughs> margarine, margarine. Yeah. So you're, um, these are bad things, right? I mean, yeah. Like we don't, you know, no, no. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I, 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 the article is clearly not saying we would be better off if the wasps 
you know, we're in charge again. Right. Um, and it, it, it even kind of hints at the fact that the actual, you know, real life descendants of these people are not, you, you, not people that you want as your elite class, um, you know, to say the least with, with some of them. Right. Um, well, the, but, the masonry, definitely. Oh, and there's a jab at masonry, which is so important. I mean, eventually people will talk more about, um, you know, the role that, that like masonry played in the, the history of, of the West. Oh yeah. Um, especially, especially starting with the, you know, French and American revolutions. Um, a priest that is in Dallas said, you know, talking about the last 300 years without mentioning the Masons would be like talking about, um, you know, 200 BC without mentioning the Roman empire. <laughs> right. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's um, true. But yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the, the central ideas that flourish and, and people act like this stuff just kind of fell out of the sky, all of these, um, you know, principles, everything from what is liberty, equality and fraternity, or, you know, give me liberty or give me death, mm-hmm. you know, government of the people or by the consent of the governed or all this stuff, they act like everyone just woke up and was, you know, smarter than the day before. But, you know, this stuff all came from the lodges. I mean, this was all just, you know, yeah. Masonic. I mean, that's, there's that, you know, that the meme where the guy's looking at the butterfly and he's like, is this, you know, whatever. Oh um, yeah. The butterfly meme. Sure. Yeah. The butterfly meme. One of them, you know, the butterfly says, you know, 18th century, masonic liberalism and the guy says is this western civilization (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah no it's uh i'm trying huh yeah and it's funny because you see this in like the alt-right people is they like they think that they're they've tapped into like you know ancient wisdom that made our society great and like i hate to tell everyone this but the ancient wisdom that made our society great was catholicism um, Darn but right. anyway, but they're just quoting these just, you know, whack job enlightenment ideas, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, flowed out of the lodges in the, in the 18th century. Um, and, and, but you know, these people think that they're like scholars and you, you see them talk and they'll, they'll quote all these things and, you know, they're like, Oh, I'm, you know, and it, a lot of them, you know, they're, they're just trying to put, you know, window dressing around some really unsavory ideas that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always funny cause you just want to be like, you know, guys, again, this, this wasn't some magic, you know, period of, of human advancement that just occurred where everybody suddenly got smart enough to have, you know, come up with you know, really strange ideas like the social contract and, and stuff that, you know, are kind of whack job theories. I, I'll, Listen, you can call anything a whack job theory and claim it was from the Masons, and I will happily nod. I, uh, yeah, that's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that it, we, it's always best to acknowledge these things and, but also kind of look at them from a standpoint of, if we don't like it, like, how are we going to, how are we going to change it? But also we have to understand, we talk about this a lot, the idea that we're, we're always under the authority of something, right? Like as a people, we want to be want to be put under some authority, whether that be God's authority or if we just jam ourselves under our own authority, right? We're never 
we're never truly a free people that are not under the thumb of something, right? And oh yeah. So, I mean, look at look at how people are just tripping over themselves to do whole thirty and and you know sign themselves up for all kinds of restrictions. People love it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but even then, so if we, there will all there there will always be an elite, right? An elite class, regardless of if we see them as an elite or if we uh, set them up to be an elite, there will always be this this thing that will be the driving force and what we kind of look up to and what we try to model ourselves after. So in in, in all right, what? If our listeners have drink in hand, I, I am going to tie this to Mean Girls because, um, you know, there's that scene towards the end uh, where the... Tina Fey oh, no, is talking name? to the, the, the No, school? the quote is like, at least, at least Regina George and I know we're mean. You uh, try to pretend that you're so innocent. Okay, so at least the Wasps knew what they were. Right. You know, and... You know, now it's, it is weird. Like when Trump was rising up, uh, you know, I wasn't paying attention to politics at the time. I was mm-hmm. only reading news from Britain. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say I, Breitbart. Like, <laughs> no, uh, which actually because, but, but honestly, because I had to, uh, always associated Breitbart with Milo and he has that like that British accent. Right. I actually thought Breitbart was a British thing. Yeah, no, I, I could see that. Anyway, um, Breitbart himself, interesting character. People should anyway. Yeah. Um. So, where was I? So um. You uh, you're reading stuff from Britain. Oh well, and so I would be talk. I'd be talking to people, and I'd be like, "Well, so what's going on with the election?" Because it was always funny to hear it secondhand, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I avoided TV news like the plague back then, even more than now, and um. There were all these people that would, you know, they'd be like, well, you know, I really like that Trump just like says what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in no human society has that ever been a virtue to just say what you're thinking. <laughs> like, yes, you know, veracity is is a virtue and you should be honest. Mm-hmm. But but under no circumstances should an adult make it a habit to just say what they're thinking. I mean, there's a reason that your thoughts happen inside your head, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, but it's just funny because, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously our standards have, have definitely changed for how we expect people to conduct themselves if they, you know, are in a high position. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, you could say that goes all the way back to like Andrew Jackson um, or, you know, what, who, what, um, Henry the eighth, the, I mean, he had syphilis. He was a pervert, um, invented Anglicanism. Right. <laughs> Terrible guy. Do not, you heard of that guy? Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, there's always been like debauchery among the ruling class, but there was just this expectation of respectability. And now it's like, we cheer on people who just make no effort. Um, mm. and you know, it's like. I don't know how long you can sustain a society on that. Eventually there has to be like a, a resurgence of, I wonder if we're going to like the pendulum's going to swing way the other way. And we're going to go like Victorian and, you know, Oh, you got I mean, ball. you got you to think that if, if this freewheeling and dealing stuff keeps going on for 
a decade or two that people are going to get up just tired of it and exhausted and want just a school marm basically like it's someone who is not fun and who basically you wake up and there's a note in your email every day telling you what you need to do that day like that's when the that's when the handmaid's tale and the 1984 and all that stuff becomes real is when we get so tired of of just freewheeling and dealing that we want big brother Right. Well, I mean, you know, you even see that like at the beginning of of Pope Francis's reign, you know, he would do these interviews and everyone was just, you know, all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now it's like Pope Francis has given an interview and it's like, Ooh. and right. you're like, oh, what, what, what's going to happen now? You know, people are tired of, of that. And, you know, to a certain extent, they probably it, it's like nostalgia for. I guess good manners, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the, the big claim that the Dalit is like, you know, announcing a platform of, of, of racist ideology through this article. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I don't think that if you read the article that you can find that. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't think that's true at all. And, you know, I would just ask yourself, you know, who since George H.W. Bush has been somebody that, you know, was seen as legitimate, even by people who disagreed with them and, you know, weren't going to vote for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, you know, that's been the thing since probably Clinton when they were trying to impeach him of, you know, you don't like the, the presidents from the opposing party. So, you know, not my president. Right. And there were the not my president shirts with Bush, obviously with Obama. I mean, there's a whole movement based on the idea that he was, you know, born where his father was from and, um, couldn't be president, you know I mean? Right. And then obviously with Trump, you know, the whole meme is nothing but respect for my president with just anybody except the president of the United States. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not even really a big fan of, of elected governments, but you know, I do think there's gotta be a certain expectation for people who hold office and hopefully the ability to, to show them a certain amount of, of just respect, not, because of them or because you think they're cool, but because, you know, the position they have in your society. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, some of it, I wonder if it's just like the, uh, the, the YouTube generation. Mm-hmm. Are, the, are, millenni- you know, are the- millennials killing the political system, Zach? Yeah. Well, okay. Like here's one. Um, Teddy Kennedy. Okay. Um, him and, and one of the other senators would go to the bars in Washington, D.C., and they would do this trick that they called a waitress sandwich, where they would yeah. they'd grab a waitress and they'd stand on either side of her and they'd start, like, gyrating. Right. Um, okay, well, that's sexual assault. Right. Um, and But it was just funny, and everybody thought it was so funny. I mean, I don't think it's funny. Um, but, you know, okay, that now we get picked up by a million smartphones. Mm-hmm. You know, he would instantly have to, be, you know, resign. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Chris Al Dodd. Franken had to resign. Al Franken had to resign over a skit that he did. I mean, I don't like Al Franken, but that was that was a strange story there. Right. But uh, the you other know, guy, I, I don't know if maybe was Chris Dodd. That's who we were looking for with Ted Kennedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, imagine like seeing a video of U.S. senators, you know, humping some waitress at a restaurant in front of people, and everybody's just laughing and, and taking shots. You know, I mean, obviously that kind of stuff 
wouldn't fly in the YouTube generation, which is, I mean, probably a good thing, right? Like, oh yeah, and, it absolutely. You know. Is all the all the stuff, all the stuff got hidden behind the fact that there were three channels, right? And the the big medium was radio, and there was not instant access, so the these things wouldn't get printed in newspapers, right? So that that's why I'm there. Are all sorts of terrible stuff happening, but right around the time of Bill Clinton, like basically the MTV generation, right? When everyone wanted access to news instantly, that's when all this stuff was exposed. Right. And so, you know, some of it may, may just be not tenable. I, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what, what comes next. That, that's the thing is, I guess you, know, you knew who the wasps were. Mm-hmm. Who, who is it now? That's kind of the elite ruling class. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, bankers or something. I mean, it's not, you don't even really know. George you know, Soros. So, I mean, George, George Soros. Yes. George yes, Soros and the Koch brothers get together and, like, uh, decide what they're yes, going to do. Yes, the, the Rothschilds, the, <laughs> yeah. the you know, shape-shifting lizard aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, a, you know, conspiracy theories aside... Um, you know, I mean, it'd be nice if there was just kind of an agreed upon respectable group of people that you could, you know, look to, even if you disagreed with them. Uh, if only Zachary, if only. Okay. So, so that's, what's going on in the news. Should we start our topic for the week? Yeah. We're going to do the, the history of the church from the year 1000 to the year 1900. Yeah. Ready? Ready? Go. I found that mean girls quote. We should, we'll go before we end. I have to tie it up with, tie that up. It was Janice. uh, Sorry. What? Oh, Janice. That's it. Yeah. Janice said, see, at least me and Regina George know we're mean. You try to act so innocent. Like, oh, I used to live in Africa with all the little birdies and the little monkeys. That's Janice. Yeah. Okay, th- this is the thing. This is like, okay, I- at least, you know, George H.W. Bush and, and the Kennedys and, you know, the, I mean, I guess the Kennedys are technically not wasps, but, you know, at least they knew they were wasps. And, you know, now people try to act like they're your next door neighbor, you know, grew up poor. We didn't have, you know, we didn't have two nickels to rub together and all this stuff. Right. It, you know, I'm just like you and I want to be president. It's like, well, clearly nothing like me. Um, yeah. I mean, that's where Tina Fey is, is good at this kind of stuff. She wrote mean girls. There, there are a lot of, that's why it's quotable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's something to be said about, about recognizing your state in life and, and going for it. And I, I think that that's what maybe people miss about the wasps is they knew they were, uh, they knew they were the wasps. Well, that's a, that's, one of the falls of the sins of Eve is wanting a state in light in your life higher than you're supposed to have, or I would argue even lower because it works on the other side. Virtue lies in the means. So you got to know what your state in life is and act accordingly. Yeah. We could talk all about people who, who live aggressively beneath their station mm-hmm. and, and why that that's kind of prideful. Sure. At the end of the day. Um, but you know, we're, we are running out of time. Um, Saint of the week. Yeah. Or, let's do it. I, I have who I hope it is, but maybe you'll disappoint me. Let's see. I tend to disappoint you most all the time. Is it St. Ambrose? Okay. Who did you want? No, I'm just kidding. St. Ambrose is great. 
Who'd you want? Well, yesterday was yesterday was St. Barbara. Oh, St. Barbara. St. Barbara's awesome. Okay, so we but, make St. Barbara the Saints of the Week? No, St. Ambrose is one of the Latin doctors, and we do need to hear about him. Oh, okay. Uh, so he uh, died? Barbara can take several seats, okay? Just kidding. <laughs> is that another Mean Girls reference? No, that's just a common thing about, like, sit down, and there's, like, all these different, like, derivatives of it and one of them is take several seats mm, okay okay um, i actually think that i think we're i think i'm ripping off brunig content i think that that's in my head because they talked about it on the brunig podcast so anyway continue with saint ambrose okay saint ambrose saint ambrose died in april of 397 at the age of either 56 or 57 is what i'm seeing here his feast day is december 7th he is a confessor and doctor of the church, which is always exciting. His patronage is of beekeepers, bees, bishops, candle makers, domestic animals, livestock, geese, Milan, police officers, students, and wax refiners. Um, he was the yeah he was the bishop of Milan, and he uh, he had no. He had no time for Arianism, Zach. He was always... Well, who does these he was, days? <laughs> he, was confront, he confronted the Arians, and he was always seeking to theologically refute their positions. Um, he said their positions were contrary to the Nicene Creed. And, uh, yeah, so he, he, he had basically his... He had a big time with this because the Arians appealed to so many high level leaders and clergy and uh, it was his it was his goal to snuff him out and uh, let's see how did he die go off go off king he it looks like he just kind of died Zach weird flex I know I, I was expecting like you know the he did. He like stood on top of a mountain and body slammed all of his enemies to death. But his body may still be viewed in the church of Saint Ambrogio in Milan, where it has continuously been venerated, along with the bodies identified in his time as being those of Saint Gervais and Prostase. Saint Ricky Gervais. This is a. This is weird. Whoa. This thing keeps getting weirder and weirder. But that's it. Did you have anything to add on Ambrose? Well, just the, the fun fact, there is actually an Ambrosian rite of the Mass mm. celebrated in Milan. Okay. Um, it's it's one of the Latin rites that isn't the Roman rite. Um, and uh, I met uh, one of my friends, oh, actually, like, um, you know, reporter featured in First Things, um, Alessandra Bacchi. She goes to an Ambrosian rite okay. parish when she's in Milan. I think that's who went. Um, anyway, so it, it's very similar to the Roman rite, and so it wouldn't it wouldn't seem totally foreign to um, Roman rite Catholics to to stumble into Milan and go to an Ambrosian rite um, parish. Right, and I think a certain degree of like Novus Ordoism kind of creeped into the Ambrosian rite as well. Um, but it, it's pretty cool, and it's been maintained, you know, all the way back, and it, it's one of the churches like preserved rights and it's rare to hear about um you know western rights that are not the roman right so ambrose ambrose central to 
it says here central to Ambrose is the virginity of Mary and her role as mother of God, which is which is good because on the internet uh, they've all been coming out to take shots at Mary. So it's it's right around the time of one of Mary's great defenders. So that works out. All right. Well, hey. Yeah. Well, Ambrose and all you bros, I'll, uh, yeah, that's embarrassing. Cut that out. Nope. All right. Well, hey. I can't do anything about it. All right. Thanks for uh, joining us this week, gang. We'll be back next week with more hard-hitting, rambling content. See ya. See ya.